Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and I'm joined as ever by my good friend and fellow Bath fan Tom in jubilant spirits after another five point, yes five point Bath victory Tom. Absolutely, uh, another bonus point win, six more tries and uh, against the old enemy G. Uh, spirits, uh, spirits are very high, and I could, yeah, I could get used to uh, get used to weeks like this. Yeah, I know. And more rugby to come, lest we forget. Um, in the midweek on, on Wednesday night against Saints, which we are going to come to. But first of all, before we do that, we're going to give a, a proper good look back at that demolition job of Leicester Tigers on Saturday, the thirty-eight to sixteen victory. Um, and let's get straight into it, Tom, uh, because we've got loads, loads to get to with this game. Um, but before we get into the game itself, just how confident were you going into the game, especially given the team selection of both sides? Yeah, I mean, it, it was one of those, G, where you saw the teams and the result, barring a, a couple of nerves, um, felt kind of done dusted at that point. Uh, a very, very strong Bath side, um, arguably actually stronger than, than last week against London Irish. Tom Ellis coming back in for Zach Mercer. Um, in his preferred position of, of blindside flanker, and Cam Redpath getting a, his first bath start at five. So um, a brilliantly strong team, um, stronger than expected as well. We we spoke about potentially um, uh, that Stuart Hooper would consider resting uh, players given the intensity of the schedule, um, but he didn't. Um, and Leicester clearly took the opposite view, um, making a, a whole host of of changes. All the danger men that we picked out in our review, in our preview last week, G, um, uh, out of the, the 23, with the exception of, of Dan Cole, who was on the bench. Um, so all that analysis was, was uh, fairly irrelevant, as usual. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, a very, very young Leicester side, average age of under 24. Mm. Um, and Ben White as captain, the youngest ever Leicester Tigers captain, at, I think, at the age of around 22. Um, yeah. So very inexperienced, hoping for... A bit of magic, I think, from their their new winger Harry Potter um, out on the out on the right wing, um, uh, yeah. but but not but not to be. And yeah, I think I went into that game as confident as I've ever been um, mm. ahead of a Leicester Tigers game at Welford Road. Yeah, maybe as confident as I've ever been for for any Bath game in a long time. As you say, only two changes compared to Tigers' thirteen changes. And just to highlight the inexperience of that Leicester team, I think there was only two hundred and sixty. Premiership appearances between the 23, 113 of which were Luke Wallace, who was making his debut for um, for Leicester, having spent a season in the Championship. So when when those are sort of players that are making up the wealth, the, the sort of most of your experience in your team, you kind of know where you are, Tom. Um, there weren't many you, Leicester. Uh, Go on. Well, I was just going to say, was it uh, Steve Borthwick, one of the most capped ever Bath? Uh, players was it him doing his old his old uh, uh, club a favour? Um, obviously not. You know they gee they were looking ahead. Um, a I think to their next game against London Irish, which is at the moment their closest their, their closest competition. Yeah, well, eleventh place battle. Um, because I think that's the other point, isn't it? Mm. Uh, you know they, there is free reign with the with the sort of absence of the threat of relegation, um, and so I'm, I'm kind of not surprised that 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 they did that. Um, but I, I, I feel like the messaging for Leicester going into that game was um, we're kind of more concerned here with the, with the performance rather than the result. 
particularly mm. I think when they saw the the strength of of the side that that Stuart Hooper was building. Yeah, not many Leicester stars on the pitch, Tom, but two uh, well-known Leicester stars in the commentary box. Um, and I know you had some thoughts uh, about the, 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 the BT commentary team of Austin Healy and uh, Ben Kay on, on Saturday. Um, was it uh, like an episode of the, the Leicester rugby podcast, like this is the Bath rugby podcast, you think? I, I don't know. Like, I, I think actually, um, in hindsight, they were they were fairly balanced, and I think often when um, there's obviously the threat of them being accused of being partisan, uh, they often the commentators often tend to tend to go the other way. But I think it, it just annoys me slightly that they have a a whole range of, of commentators and they choose to um, uh, you know to to go for the at times one-eyed Austin Healy when it comes to Leicester, and then Ben Kay who actually sits on the the board of the board of directors. It just doesn't seem particularly professional you would never you wouldn't do that in any um in any other line of work when there's such a such a direct conflict uh with, with your view there so um yeah I, I think they they should look to avoid to do that personally but um ultimately it was bittersweet in the end because we obviously uh beat them fairly comfortably so um quite enjoyed um, quite enjoyed hearing some of their thoughts about the the fifth and sixth bath tries that, that went in. <laughs> Either avoid doing it all together or kind of just roll with it and go for it. And we've said how many uh, sort of streamed commentary opportunities and punditry opportunities BT have got now with, by showing all the live games. And, and we're available, Tom, as I, I'm, I'm sure you'll, you'll be uh, keen to say as well. BT Sport, if you do want to go down the line of, of partisan uh, pundits, then uh, bathrugbyplug at gmail.com and, and that is an email we'll definitely actually see and reply to. So uh, yeah, BT, if you want to go down that, then embrace it and, and we'll be on board. Um, I think it was, wasn't it something they did in football, I think? They yeah, had kind of like a red button, red button where you could, you, could, you could choose to hear the, um, you know, you, 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 could, you could choose in this instance to hear the uh, the Austin Healy and, and Ben Kay uh, account of things or the, the Bath Rugby Plug account of things. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, when it's unashamedly partisan, um, I, I actually quite enjoy it. And I think that is one of the, um, the entertaining things about the Six Nations when you do get these commentators come in who are so blatantly biased. Um, and I don't think Healy and Kay were blatantly biased, but um, I think they should, they would do well to kind of remove the, um, r- remove kind of the, the, the discussion altogether by, by, by avoiding that situation. Yeah, and as you say, it probably does make it difficult for them because they don't want to go so far towards Leicester than, as you say, they probably do end up at times um, swinging kind of the other way and, and being a little bit too harsh on Leicester. But yeah, the fan zone was one fan from each team sort of going at each other. So it didn't actually make for great listening, but it was quite entertaining. So yeah, it would be me or you against uh, a Leicester Tigers fan, Tom. But um, let's get into the game. And if it had been that scenario, then the Leicester Tigers fan would have been pretty buoyed by the start that, that their team made. Um, they obviously took a 6-0 lead into the first five minutes. Bath gave away four penalties in that first five minutes and lost the turnover count 9-2 to two in that period. And yeah, it was a really sluggish start. And I think also it was quite an energetic start from, from the young Leicester team, Tom. Yeah, I think um, you know, they, they interviewed Stuart Hooper, um, I think about, about a quarter of an hour in. Um, and he just made the point that you, you just can't get away with that at, at Premiership level. Um, you know, sides when 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 they get penalties and, and when you compound errors are going to pin you back and are going to make you pay. 
no matter what the golf in, in experience or, or potentially classes. Um, and, you know, they did that. And I think Steve Borthwick would have said to that group of young players, go out there, try and get a fast start um, and try and build some confidence. And, and to be fair to them, that, that's exactly what, what they did. And it felt like we were, um, you know, we were still on the team coach a little bit, G. Um, mm. Kind of similar story, actually, to, to London Irish, where we, we just, you know, we were just losing the collisions in a way that is, is so unlike us. Um, giving away silly penalties uh, and you know six nil they got off to a good start but ultimately you know uh, uh, less than a score in front but if you did that against a, a top side and you know the level of opposition as we'll speak about is about to increase um, you'll get punished in a much more material way. Yeah because I think a different team say Bristol or, or Exeter, the two teams at the top, when they get penalties early on inside inside the opposition's half. They don't even think about taking sticks. They they put it in the corner often. So that could easily have been a 10, 12, 14 point deficit for Bath if they'd been playing against a clinical uh, and, and more confident side. And then it's a completely different game. But um, yeah, luckily, I think only 6-0 in those first 15 minutes when we were, we were really sluggish, actually, and, and quite poor. Um, but then kind of I think the front row and the forward pack really started to assert their dominance and, and the front row in particular in, in the loose. Um, Will Stewart was was barreling about, uh, carrying really hard and it was him who crashed over for our first try, Tom, to make it six points to seven on 17 minutes. You must have been gushing at that uh, tight head prop play given your tight head prop experience. Yeah, you never saw uh, too much of that from me, um, I, I have to say. But yeah, a brilliant start again um, from from a sort of front row perspective, from um, you know really demonstrating that power game. And it, it is clear, it is clear, G, that that's going to form a real real cornerstone of our game. I thought one of the points that was made on, on BT repeatedly, and, and and that I agree with, is that I think we are such a big and strong pack, and I think we're going to have dominance pretty much. At every uh, against every team that we we come up against, um, you know you you got to remember that we've it, it's a real pickem at the moment in the front row. You know mm-hmm. Lewis Boyce is is getting starts at loose head. Beno Abano um, is coming on. Um, you know arguably you know, Abano would would be would be a starter, but Boyce has been incredibly impressive at, at scrum time and also in the loose so far. Um, Will Stewart obviously uh, getting his England honours. Um, he has improved hugely over the um, uh, over the time he's been been at the club, and then you've got Nathan Cat and Henry Thomas who are waiting in the wings, ready to come back, and they've been um, absolute uh, monsters uh, in seasons gone by, um, and have been real, real cornerstones of that pack. So um, we're really quite deep in that area in terms of in terms of uh, in terms of our squad, um, and there's a lot of talent there. So I think it's clear that's an area. Um, that, that we're focusing on and yeah, yeah. three um, three tries for, for all of the front row boys um, in what was it in the first um, uh, 36 minutes I think mm. um, uh, really I think put uh, Leicester um, uh, kind of right uh, right under pressure there um, with a young front row in particular um, on the back foot um, uh, very very difficult for them yeah Chris Judge as well the, the young tighty who you didn't mention Tom but yeah, I, I don't think, well, I do agree with what you're saying, but I, I think certainly I think BT on the day was slightly sort of dumbing down how good that pack is. It's not just a big lumpy pack that kind of bullies people around. They're really, really um, 
competent, in, uh, excellent in the scrummage, and they're great with ball in hand, carrying, beating defenders. It's not just the fact that they're really weighty. You can have a really big, you know, strong physical pack, but you've got to be able to, to, to have the ball skills and have the kind of fitness to get around as well. And I think that's what Exeter's big pack do so, so effectively. It's not just the lumpy pack. There's much more to this, this Bath pack, and in particular, this Bath front row. And I think just saying, oh yeah, you know, Bath big pack are bullying teams. Yeah, but you, you can't just bully premiership teams, you know, by being big. You've got to have more to your game than that. And, and those guys are adding so much to their game. Dunn, Stewart, Boyce, Abano, those four guys in particular are, are so good at the moment. And, and we're building from, from there. And, and that's allowing, I think, certainly on, on this, on, on Saturday, it's allowing us to, to start to play a little bit more of an expansive game, Tom. But um, yeah, so Bath's next try came on 24th minute, the... the the, a, a rolling mall, and it's another rolling mall after we saw three tries from rolling malls on uh, last weekend against London Irish. Tom, how much do you put this down to to Bath having a, a specialist line-out coach in Luke Charteris? It's something that they kind of alluded to on BT that not many teams do have specialist line-out coaches because it's often a responsibility taken by the forwards coach or head coach. But how much of that can you put down to, to Charteris' impact and how much of it is, is kind of the whole coaching impact or how much of it is just the, the, the forwards being, being really, really strong in that area? Yeah. It's really hard to to know what goes on behind the scenes, but the fact that you appoint uh, a lineup coach and you know Luke Charteris as a second row, um, given his dimensions, um, was a lineup specialist um, ultimately, and so you know he's um, he's been brought in clearly um, uh, proved that he was experienced and, and knowledgeable in that area when he was at Bath, got appointed. But you look at the the rest of the the coaching setup as well. G Neil Hatley. Um, who has been a forwards coach for much of much of his career? Uh, so line out, uh, driving more set piece will be a huge part of that. And uh, Stuart Hooper himself, who um, though not a, a sort of a coach, will be down on the training field, um, uh, particularly before that Hatley arrived, um, and will be kind of having an influence on on those kind of things. Given that again, the line out and and, and mm-hmm. the more was a huge part of his game. Um, so Mark. yeah, it's clearly by virtue of the the personnel we've got in the coaching um, behind the scenes, it clearly is um, a natural area of strength. Mm. I also think uh, having um, you know heard uh, kind of uh, you know when, when Charlie Yules has been involved uh, with England um, and just more broadly kind of hearing about um, uh, he how he likes to kind of operate in training. Uh, he is known to be a bit of a, a line out nose. Um, you often see him called out for it on on social media, which I always find quite amusing. So um, certainly an error I think that he particularly enjoys, and probably that as captain he's particularly driving as well. So um, yeah, it's it, it, it seems to be a, a huge area of strength. The one thing I would say uh, again, don't, don't want to put a downer on it, um, but it's the other side of that coin. How good has the line out defence been? Again, we saw driving malls that were going forward too quickly, really, um, and that looked very very easy. Um, you know, we've seen it in the past with teams like Exeter. When you do get set up, it's very, very difficult to stop. But at times, it looked it looked a little bit bit too easy, G. Mm. Um, so um, I'm not going to get carried away. Um, but I think we started to see the mall being a weapon um, in the first part of the season. Um, and and it, it clearly is going forward as well. Yeah, I, I do worry 
not worry, well, maybe worry is the right word, about the, the quality of the opposition and, and, and whether we kind of flattered ourselves in these first two weeks. And I think the, 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 the porous nature of Leicester's defence was highlighted in Bath's third try, uh, which was uh, the Big Mac and Try's first try since the resumption. Um, you know, again, hard running of Dunn in particular and Stewart creating loads of space. But McConaughey, yeah, he was head down, running really hard, picked a lovely angle. Um, and, and beating defenders like he does so often. But there was pretty weak uh, and, and slack defending from, from a Leicester point of view uh, to make it six uh, points to 19. And then again, uh, Tom, for, for Bath's fourth and bonus point securing try, uh, when some interplay between Ellis to Falatau, back inside to Boyce, again, defending really porous. Uh, Boise crashing over um, from what will be 30 metres by the time the boys have left the, the, the Welford Road to make it six. Six points to twenty-six on on thirty-seven minutes time. I think I think a period where where Leicester were poor, but maybe some of the best stuff Bath had played um, it, it, in quite some time. I think it, it looked really sharp those forwards, and that that twenty-minute spell from from when Stewart first went over to when Boise went over for our fourth try, I, I was really really buoyed by, despite the the lack of um, opposition against it. I think. Yeah, and I think we showed a little bit more. With with those, uh, you know, the third and the third and fourth tries there. Um, obviously, uh, you know, I, I think there is actually nothing more that I like to see than uh, Tom Dunn bust and then uh, McConaughey flattening um, uh, three three defenders to to go over in the corner. I think um, Eddie Jones is is on my side there because he he looked to, to to enjoy that that try a lot and um, can see him sort of grinning, gurning through his through his face mask um, at. Uh, um, when, when McConaughey went over, and, and that's exactly what we want to see from 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 Big Mac and tries. Um, you know, I saw an article earlier in the week when he was um, talking about um, clearly his desire to to be involved again in the in the England setup, having got a taste for it for Six Nations and and the World Cup. Um, he's clearly a player that Eddie Jones really rates correctly, obviously, um, and I think that um, just moments like that. Um, just give Eddie Jones a bit of a reminder of his class. Um, uh, well, albeit, you know, he, he probably didn't have to didn't have to do 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 too much in, in terms of beating those guys. But all game, Tom. I mean, outstanding performance from from McConaughey, carrying so hard. So nine carries, nine defenders beaten, eighty six running meters, and three clean breaks in the eighty minute performance. Yeah. Whilst he was a little bit quiet in the first game, he was back with an absolute bang on Saturday and yeah um, obviously a podcast favourite a fan favourite for, for many Roy McConaughey and it was great to see him him running so hard and, and just beating that first guy which he so often does and yeah nine carries nine defenders beaten kind of highlights the strength that he always shows in the carry I thought he was yeah. fantastic on the day as always and, and you know a couple of stats back at you G so yeah nine defenders beaten the most out of any player across mm. the whole round of, of premiership fixtures for, for McConaughey um, and then the other three tries from the front row, G, I'm not sure if you, you saw this uh, particular statistics from, from Stuart Farmer um, on, on Twitter, um, who I think is a bit of a, a, bit of a stats guru. Um, and, and he said that um, the, the, the fact that each of the front rowers scored um, a try um, was the first time that's happened in Premiership history in the same game, let alone in the, in the first half. Um, oh. So, um, uh, uh, you know, stats... Um, falling by the wayside all the time, G. Obviously, with it being um, the, the the first time in our 107 year rivalry that we've 
we beaten Leicester at Welford Road uh, on three consecutive occasions. So um, a good one uh, for the, those who, who like stats. Yeah, and I thought that 20-minute period, as I said, was, was fantastic rugby from, from Bath. And, and I was really positive. Uh, sort of, I, I, I'm really positive about that performance. And it, it kind of got even better at the start of, of the second half. And probably with, for me, what was the try of the match, Bath's fifth try. Now, this came from the ball being inside uh, our own half. Uh, Priestham kind of went back to kick and then obviously saw that there was space sorry inside our own 22 Priestham went back to kick obviously saw there was space goes through the hands and JJ makes a nice little break on the outside and we just go through phase after phase after phase until um, Josh Bayliss crashes over uh, over the Leicester line so that's come from inside our own 22 as I say you know a running exit uh, identifying the space, showing loads of ambition there, something which we've been crying out to do. The speed of Ben Spencer's ball throughout that uh, kind of um, those phases was absolutely fantastic. Always away, always away. Different players coming in to have first receiver, Tom de Glanville at times coming to first receiver, Priestland, Redpath, Josh Bayliss carrying really hard, Benno Abano, both of the substitutes carrying really hard. And yeah, right over to their line. And, and it was Bayliss crush over, was it Abano? It was a Barno. The Barno, sorry, yeah, it was a Barno. But yeah. they had a couple of really strong carries and, and yeah, making it 6.31 on 50 minutes. I thought that try was, was kind of the blueprint of what Bath can do if they're going to play at their best. Yeah, you, you talk about making an impact. Um, and, and, you know, that, that Leicester side would have been told, go out, it's a, you know, it's a nil-nil, as you're always told when you're, you're a few scores behind. It's nil-nil again. Um, let's uh, start sharp and, and start fast. And then, you know, the Glanville on... Um, on the 42nd minute and then Abano and Bayliss following on the 46th minute um, and just two minutes after G that Benno Abano try so huge impact as you say from from both Abano who again just looks like an absolute Goliath um, and uh, Anton Bayliss with um, uh, with with really hard carries um, getting over the gain line um, offloading going or going to ground um, presenting the ball quickly and then Spencer is in and away which um, is mm. something that we have been crying out for, G, and I'm sure as a um, as a as a scrum half um, mm. known for his his speed of foot and speed of ball, um, you would have been particularly um, particularly happy with that one. Um, <laughs> and just a, a, just a, just a general point, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, the second half was more sluggish, and I think we took our foot off the gas. We started conceding penalties, um, and and you know ultimately tries that we shouldn't really have done. Um, but I think one one huge positive relative to earlier on in the season, relative to previous seasons, and relative to, to last week against London Irish, was just the, the distribution um, across, the, across the back line. I think Spencer is clearly warming to, to the way we're playing. Um, still a couple of passes hitting the ground and, and not, quite, um, not quite finding the, the first receiver. You know, I think the timing's still not, not quite there. Um, but one guy, G, that I thought had a, had a fantastic game um, was Cameron Redpath at, at twelve. Um, I really like the way that he is onto the ball quickly, takes the ball to the line um, and, and, and just distributes, draws the man, passes, just the simple things done really well. And I think it's an area that we've, we've been missing really since um, you know, the, the glory days, 2014-15, when we had Kyle Eastmond um, performing a, essentially a second distributor role um, when you knew that he could either beat a defender or draw a defender and give... Um, you know, a, a perfect pass out to out to Jonathan Joseph. So, um, yeah, he you know he wasn't top of the the, the stats. He didn't run in running tries, um, 
but I think I was really excited um, with the potential um, and the distribution um, and just the composure, really, that yeah. young Cam Redpath showed in his, his first start. Yeah, he looked really classy, didn't he, for, for, for a young yeah. guy. And I think when you play um, someone like Anthony Watson at fullback, you don't necessarily get that distribution role from, from him. And so having someone like that at 12, you know, is going to open up so much more space for Joseph, McConaughey, Rocco and Watson himself. So, yeah, I, I agree. He, there were just glimpses, weren't there, where you could see that, that he was a, just looked like a real class act. And hopefully he can kind of get a run of games with Joseph and with Priestland and we can see this this attacking um, style kind of further develop because yeah it was really exciting and, and that try was just kind of for me should be the blueprint of, of what Bart are trying to do kind of showing ambition using your your speedy backs and using your your, your grunt of your forward pack I, I really enjoyed that one um, I, was, oh, gee, I was just just before we move on sorry I was chatting to a, um, a, a friend of mine who's a sale fan over the weekend um, and he agreed with me that from a sale perspective, you know, all the talk has been about signing Tua Lange and having Van Rensburg and, and Tua Lange um, centre partnership and how dangerous, you know, that could potentially be. But for me, losing someone like, like Can Redpath, who's obviously, you know, family history um, at the club um, and a real, real talent who was just emerging into their, their first 15. Um, for me, that is a bigger loss than, than a Tua Lange um, is a game is a game sorry despite all his class so um, I think sale fans will be watching that um, you know gee, as we've had to do in the past when when we've lost players that, that have gone on to to do good things Oli Devoto springs to mind being in a mm-hmm. in a similar position um, I think um, he is a he is a really astute um, uh, signing um, and yeah gee, can you tell I'm pretty excited about him well sale are going to win win the league aren't they it's done and dusted if you read anything in the by rugby journalist, um, but no, let's let's move on and, and let's move on to to maybe the the highlight of, of the match and Josh Matavesi on at ten, uh, which is a, something I think we will come to talk about uh, when we review the game kind of in full. But um, what he did do on on Saturday was a moment of Fijian um, master master masterclass from from Matavesi. I don't know how Thomas Lavanini bought the dummy, but somehow he buys the most outrageous dummy. And the look on uh, Josh Matavesi's face as he kind of sprints through is just uh, just sheer joy and sheer I think disbelief that it's actually worked. And uh, he must have tried that so many times in training. And someone like Sam Underhill will just see no and just absolutely crunch him but on that occasion the one in 100 time that it did work he he sprinted through and then Tom de Glanville was on his shoulder to score his first premiership try for Bath a real highlight of of probably since rugby's been back for me uh, that Matavesi dummy and then the the laugh smile that that came with it yeah I I really enjoyed that I think the, the one rule um if you're a particular front fight forward in in that instance is it doesn't matter if he passes it or he doesn't. You still crunch him. In fact, it's probably better if he does pass it and you can make sort of a Courtney Laws-esque um, shot on him. But uh, yeah, I've no idea what, uh, what Lavanini was, um, was doing. It was, it was pretty loose um, all round. Um, you know, he's the, um, what is he, the Fijian flyer on, on Twitter. Um, and I think uh, we can see why he, uh, he, he's earned that nickname or given himself that nickname. It was a, a kind of huge... Um, almost pantomime um, dummy 
uh, and, and straight through the gap. And yeah, as you say, the, the smile on his face, a few sort of screenshots um, going around of, of, of kind of his face. And I'm sure a few memes to, to follow as well for our, for, for our younger listenership who, who kind of um, <laughs> um, who, who potentially put those together. But yeah, fantastic try and, and great to see Tom Bergamville get over for his, his first mm-hmm. try, as you say. Um, I think one of the first one of, of many, many to come. Um, because gee, we could probably get onto him. He again looks very, very classy um, at fullback. Very composed. Uh, looks like he's been, you know, been doing it for years already. Um, a couple of impressive kind of fieldings of, of high balls. Um, he's a kicking option as well. Um, we know he's dangerous with ball in hand. Um, and you know, probably the one element of his game that I um, I hadn't really seen. Um, I think it was George Worth who um, kind of got a bit of an overlap. Uh, down the right-hand side, and he was straight across, um, you know, flew in with a, a really committed tackle, took him straight down, um, uh, sort of by the ankles, um, and um, kind of stopped that attack um, in its tracks. So, um, impressed to see that, and I think he, he looks like a very talented and well-rounded player. Mm, agreed. Uh, so, that made it 6.38 on 53 minutes. And then, so, the last kind of 20 five minutes Tom I think we were were pretty poor actually so the game obviously ended 16-38 so Bath didn't add to their score for the last 27 minutes of the game Leicester with two tries and and I think we just began to get on the wrong side of the referee Uh, our penalty count ended at 18 which was double what we had last week which which is just you know you don't win many games with a penalty count of 18 luckily we're playing against Leicester's third team Um, you know we're exiting really poorly uh, you know, and I think we just got a little bit lazy, a little bit, you know, I think the game was done and it was kind of shown in the performance and those Leicester guys certainly felt like they had more to play for, kind of trying to impress uh, Borthwick and, and, and Jordan Murphy. So, you know, it was disappointing, I think, that last 20 minutes, but I do think there were um, not excuses, but reasons for that. Um, and I think Matavesi, whilst that dummy and, and, and break, Tom, was was excellent, fantastic. You're going to be firing out the memes by the sounds of it um, this this week with, with Matavesi's face. But um, how did you kind of assess his his overall performance at fly half in particular? Uh, well, yeah, I think you're the you're the kind of resident halfback expert. So I'll, I'll pass it back to you. I think the um, his kicking game, uh, yeah. as we we discussed before, um, kind of Matt Banahan esque, fairly agricultural, occasionally. Um, you know, uh, a 50-meter touch finder that, that it struck like an absolute dream, but probably more often than not, um, not as accurate as as it could have been. Um, he, you know, he's not a natural 10. Um, he doesn't look particularly comfortable at 10, and you know, I'm not sure he'll um, he'll be enjoying playing at 10. Um, and you know, I, I think we do need to look for another option there and, and look to play him in his 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 preferred position. Um, at the same time, fair play to him for for stepping up and, and giving it a go. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know what you think. Yeah, we just couldn't get out our own half, and and kind of mm. for the record, Spencer was kicking at goal, got the conversion for the Tom De Glanville yeah. 
try. Then Tom de Glanville was actually kicking uh, out of hand for touch on penalties. And he did actually miss touch on one on 58 minutes, which certainly didn't help us kind of being able to get out of our, our 22. Matavesi was kind of obviously kicking from fly half. And there was one which he sliced really badly off his left foot, which didn't let us out of our 22. And he was kicking dropouts. And he kicked one, uh, I think, just after the Leicester uh, Leicester first try uh, straight out on the full again not helping us get out of our own half and it was a combination of all of those errors which meant we just and, and our real discipline which meant we couldn't get out and that you know Priestland's kicking game out of hand has been so good this season it's allowed us to kind of relieve pressure and we just did not see that with with Matavesi and it's a bit of a worry Tom because he is, by the looks of things, our backup fly half with uh, behind Reese Priestland. And given the kind of um, number of games we've got to play, he's going to get game time there. Um, but by by the looks of things, and and just kind of what uh, Stuart Hooper said on Matavesi's performance for the record, he said, "I thought he did all right. He's trained there a fair bit for us during the stage two and stage three training. He's played internationally there, so he's definitely got the ability, ability and capacity to do that." And although our game got pretty messy in the second half, there are definitely bits and pieces to work on there. But I think he held his own. And I'm sorry, I just don't agree with that. I don't think he held our own. I think we completely lost all structure in our attack and, and we just couldn't get out of, of our own half. And, and, and that you know, comes down to both, um, both half-backs. And I think uh, Chudley and Matavesi just really struggled to, to get us out of our half. And it, it's really kind of worrying for me going forward. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, what did he play? Half an hour at, at fly half. I don't think that it's fair to pin all the blame on him. So, right. you know, we obviously, we obviously did concede a number of penalties. Um, that resulted in Toby Falatau going to the, the Simbin. So we were... Um, you know, down uh, a man at that point. Um, so yeah, yeah. I think there's there's kind of other things, other things at play. Um, you know, I think Leicester also made a couple of substitutions. So Dan Cole um, came on um, and Ryan Bauer in the um, in in the front five to kind of I think provide a bit of bolster. And they won a couple of scrum penalties as a result of that. So I think the Leicester pack. Um, was kind of was bolstered and was was kind of a little bit um, less on the back foot as it had been all game. So I think that there are a number of things, um, but yeah, I, I probably agree. I don't think that detracts from the fact that he did look a little bit of a of a fish out of water. Um, I'm afraid, and I think he at the moment with Max Wright and Max Clark injured, he's our either number one or number two inside centre. So it's a big ask for him, to, for them, to, you know, say that that's his role in the squad. And then also to say that he's our he's our second choice ten, and I would like to um, like to see them give Orlando Bailey potentially a shot in in that position, or for them to try you know another option. So um, Tom de Glanville we know has played um, a fair bit of rugby at, at fly half. Uh, again, you don't want to dent his confidence, but would he be better suited given his skill set to to playing there? Um, you know, I'm not sure. And then obviously there's the there's the wider question um, of do we look to try and bring someone in? Um, well, we certainly do look to try and bring someone in, but that's not going yeah. to solve the issue of Northampton Saints on Wednesday night, is it? So it'll be interesting to see what they go with at fly half on Wednesday night, and we're going to come on to previewing that game uh, shortly on the podcast. Um, overall then, Tom, uh, how would you assess 
uh, Bath's performance. Uh, pretty happy with it, or, or kind of a little bit disappointed that that we maybe didn't, um, you know, put the game away in that last. Well, we did put the game away, but we didn't kind of keep going to the end in that last twenty minutes. Yeah, I think if I was gonna, um, you know, I was gonna gonna get, gonna rate it. I think the first kind of fifty minutes, fifty-five minutes um, were were really good um, up until um, the, you know sort of the the Matavesi. Um, the Matavesi, uh, the Matavesi dummy, and the, the Glanville try. Um, I think we look, we look, we look really good, albeit against um, probably slightly weak opposition um, and inexperienced opposition. So probably um, eight, eight and a half out of ten. And I think after that, um, you know, we we did take our, uh, our foot off the gas, and I think there was an element of let's preserve ourselves. The, the schedule is very tight. Um, we saw that last week against London Irish, I think as well. Um, but I also think. There's no excuse for the penalty count um, in particular. And I think um, that is an area in particular that would have been a, a, a cause for frustration because, you know, just as I said in the first five, ten minutes of the game, if you do that uh, against uh, a better side and your, um, you know, your margin, um, your, your winning margin is not as high as it was, um, they will punish you and you can just lose games in, in the last quarter, as we've seen so many times um, in in previous seasons, so um, yeah, I think that will be a huge source of frustration from the from the coaching staff. Um, overall, very happy with the the result and the and the performance, um, but definitely work on them. I think we'll have to be better um, for the full eighty against Southampton Saints, who have been going mm. pretty well. Well, I personally thought overall it was a brilliant performance, especially the kind of middle half of the game. I think. You know the 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 first quarter and yeah. the last quarter were a little bit sloppy, but the middle half of the game was some of the best stuff we've played in a long time. And and given that that's only our second game back from that like you know incredibly long period of of lack of rugby, I was really buoyed by the performance. I I thought it was it was fantastic performance, and, and to make only one handling error, um, I think in, in in the whole game, I think kind of shows you know that that that. You don't care how good or bad the opposition are. That's, you know, individual errors and individual um, kind of skill set. And to only make one, I, I thought that was fantastic. And I was really, really happy with the performance. Um, Tom, maybe that's, sometimes... That's the, stat, that's the stat as well, G. I actually had that written down as well. Um, you're absolutely spot on. Like when you can... You know, clean breaks, um, uh, you know, metres made, uh, turnovers, that kind of thing. When the opposition are involved, and that stat very much... Can, depends on how decent your opposition is. Um, it, I think I'm taking those kind of stats with, with a pinch of salt, but um, you're absolutely right. When you're looking at things like handling, penalties conceded as well, um, probably doesn't really depend too much directly on your opposition. Um, I think we can um, uh, take a lot of confidence from that. Yeah, mm. yeah I think maybe sometimes we agree too much on the podcast, Tom. So let's bring in um, an alternative opinion. And this was Neil Hatley discussing uh, the performance on BBC Bristol Sports uh, after the, the, the win. It definitely didn't feel like a, a five-point win away from home. Um, there was, uh, you know, there's a few things to be really pleased about and a lot not to be pleased about. So, yeah, we're disappointed with the performance on the whole. Um, but we've got to move ahead quickly. You know, we'll 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 take out the bits that we need to fix um, and quickly move forward onto Northampton. We you know it's not going to be a lot of time for review, reflect, fix everything up. We, we'll fix what's really important and then look to go forward. Uh, what positives will, will you take from today? 
Well, I think, again, moments of I said peace. I think some individual performances. I thought Cam Redpath, his first start, um, was really good. Sam Underhill physically. Um, you know, we got a little bit of impact off the bench. Um, and, and I thought, you know, when, when Tigers kicked poorly, that's the first time we've sort of looked to be more positive with the ball, which is something that we, we've asked the group to be. Um, but to be perfectly honest, like the breakdown let us down. Breakdown really poor. We couldn't get into a flow. And then for that sort of 20, 25 minutes, um, just before the end of the game, we just didn't get out of our 22. We didn't exit well. Um, you know, there was there was a lot of things that needed to be fixed there. So it sounds like, although you've got your second five point, when do you feel you, you've gone backwards a bit from your performance last week? Um, it, it probably does feel a little bit like that, yeah. Um, which is a strange thing to say, coming away from home and getting five points. But we, you know, the first, second game in five and a half months. So there was a few blokes who looked a little bit leg weary. We, we've still trained reasonably hard in a week because it, it's part of the process that we're looking at. Um, you know, leading into, we're not going to get as much training time now. So we try to front load that and make sure that physically we get we get ready for the next probably four games in 12 days or, or 16 days, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, no, frustrating. This is probably the overriding emotion. Remarkably negative that I think from Neil Hatley, and to say things like "there's a, we've got a few things to be pleased about, but a lot uh, not to be pleased about," and to say he's disappointed with the performance as a whole, I guess kind of a good thing because it shows the ambition that um, that Neil Hatley's got for this set of players. But I, I certainly didn't read it that way. I was much more uh, positive uh, about about the, the overall performance. Yeah, I, I would take that interview with a with a pinch of salt for sure. I think um, he's he's exaggerating the, the the negatives there, and I think um, he's doing that deliberately. You know, you you often um, uh, hear Eddie Jones um, kind of be overly negative or overly positive, um, almost to be a little bit contrarian with the um, you know with the view of the media or the view of um, the view of supporters. Um, and I think that's really to to send a message to his players and to to keep his players on their toes as well. And obviously Neil Hatley being heavily involved with um, with Eddie Jones's coaching setup, so you know potentially learnt um, a thing or two of how to communicate um, with with the media and I guess indirectly communicate with the players mm. um, through that medium. G. But I also agree that it it shows it shows ambition. Um, you know, you're not to, to not uh, to, you know not to be satisfied with a, with a, with two five point wins on the bounce um, is uh, very unbath uh, in uh, recent uh, seasons. And you know, the one point that I, I would disagree with with Hatley on is that we haven't moved forward from from London Irish. Um, I think the level of opposition was broadly the same. Um, the one thing that we called out for last week was that we were very very. Um, strong in the forward pack, but that we weren't using the the talent outside um, uh, that we've got on the outside backs enough. Um, and I think we definitely saw a market change uh, from giving those guys the ball more. Um, and obviously that was that was converted into um, into points. You know, just to look at the stats of the back three. So you mentioned McConaughey um, received the ball ten times, nine runs, nine defenders beaten, and eighty six meters made. Rocco eight times with the ball. Um, one pass, seven runs, four defenders beaten, 33 metres made. And then Watson, 15 times with the ball, one kick, seven passes, seven runs, two defenders beaten and 38 metres made, obviously receiving more ball from, from fielding that at fullback. So um, impressive um, kind of yield on um, the, you know, the times that, that those back three are getting the ball. We know how dangerous 
they are. Rory McConaughey has spoken about um, Bath's desire to get the back three the ball at least 10 times in an 80 minutes. Um, I think that's a number that they're actually looking at relatively closely. Um, so, um, you know, it's clearly something we're focusing on. It's something we did a lot better compared to London Irish. I can definitely see steps fall um, since last week. Um, but um, again, you know, not complaining of the ambition that, that Hatley's, Hatley faced, Hatley showing. And, I, you know, I, I, obviously I think he's acknowledging there that there is tougher opposition um, uh, coming. Mm. And the, the ambition of the back three with, with ball in hand is shown by only one kick there between, uh, you know, how many carries was that? Almost, uh, you know, 30, 35 carries am, amongst the three of them. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. certainly being encouraged to, to run the ball back when Leicester kick and, and kick poorly, like they often did on Saturday. Uh, any other thoughts from, from this game, Tom, or are you ready to, to, to move on? Ready to move on? Let's do it. Cool. Um, so we're going to talk about Northampton Saints in just a moment. Uh, before we do, uh, Bath today, Monday, have announced the signing of Will Muir, um, an England sevens winger who uh, obviously we've got some precedent there with, with big Mac and tries coming over. Tom, I, I guess we're kind of in a similar boat with this one as to when we signed McConaughey um, in that we don't necessarily know a lot about this guy, but I understand that the skill set learned at sevens can be very valuable uh, when transferred across to 15s. Yeah, exactly. You know, no reason, um, uh, kind of uh, to be anything other than positive, given the experience with with McConaughey. Um, mm. Don't know much about him at all. Um, watched a, a kind of one minute highlight reel that Bath Rugby um, put out, showing all his all his kind of best moments and best tries. And he looks very powerful, very quick, as you'd expect from an England sevens player. Um, so yeah, really positive. Um, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hope to see him kind of integrated very quickly. Um, having had some 15s experience already, G. Um, mm. you know, he's already with the squad and training. So, um, you know, could be a few weeks, um, probably more likely a few months. Um, you know, one of the changes they've made in, in terms of the, the player welfare um, pointers that I think we'll come on to um, is that they have scrapped the A-League for this season. Um, so, obviously, that kind of uh, kind of removes the route that, Mer- that McConaughey took to kind of try out a few different positions in the A-League and, and get to grips with 15s before moving across. Um, so, we might see that it takes a little bit longer to get him involved, um, but certainly looks like a, like a talent. Um, and I'm sure, you know, Rory McConaughey, um, you know, having uh, just done that transition, just, to, just kind of learned the ropes and knowing um, Will Muir as well will be kind of invaluable in terms of getting him up to speed. Yeah, only 24 years old, so a lot of mm. uh, a lot of promise there. And a, a winger, I think, is the position they've highlighted for him. And I think you know when we previewed the the rest of this season, Tom, you spoke about uh, the 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 lack of numbers in the in the outside backs. So um, yeah, to Bolston there, uh, and yeah, been at the club for a couple of weeks training. So um, yeah, he might be sooner than maybe Bath fans think. Right, quickly, Tom, on to the uh, Northampton Saints game on Wednesday night. Wednesday night rugby. How weird and wonderful is that um, going to be? Uh, and, and kind of, I think the key to this game is going to be the the, the two team selection because now is kind of the time when 
the both director of rugby's Stuart Hooper and Chris Boyd are going to be looking at the player welfare rules and trying to uh, manipulate their squad in the best way they can. Uh, so just for the record, uh, no player will play more than 180 minutes if selected in a match day 23 on three occasions in a week and no player will start all three games in a week. So effectively, I think we've got now a week is from the game we played against Leicester, this game against Northampton, and then the Wasps game on Bank Holiday Monday uh, at home. That is the kind of week we're looking at here. So no player can start all three of those games, and no player can play 180 minutes uh, overall in those three games. So I guess it's the decision, Tom, whether we kind of rest most of them uh, on Wednesday night or we kind of play them all and then rest them all on Monday. I think I'd certainly be leaning towards the former. Yeah, I agree. I think there's there's a little bit of confusion about this um, on social media. So this, uh, as I understand it, applies only when there is a midweek game and then there are two um, games either side um, mm. or in the weekend slot. Um, so... You're absolutely right. This Northampton game does not constitute um, the third game in that um, in that in that sort of week period because obviously we did have the full week Saturday to Saturday break between Bath London Irish and the the, the Leicester game um, last weekend. So yeah, you're absolutely right. It's about kind of making the call um, between uh, uh, you know who we play against Northampton and who we play against Wasps. Um, and I think you know, like anything, you look to probably spread your spread your risk um, and to um, you know, select um, select your team based on um, the, the you know the perceived strengths of of the of Northampton and then the perceived strength of of Wasps. Um, I'll be very very surprised this week if we see um, a, a very similar team um, uh, to, to, that we've seen in, in the last two weeks. Um, I think we'll start to see a bit of rotation coming in for Northampton Saints just to give those players who have done the, 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 the two weeks in a row um, a bit of a rest so um, expect to see some changes I think in the in the front five um, but yeah I think you've kind of put together a, a potential team that we'll see against against Northampton Saints mm. um, so if you want to run through that maybe yeah I think I don't think it would be maybe spreading the risk I think it's more likely to be kind of make a lot of changes for Northampton and make a lot of changes back for Wasps so I can see us making 13 14 changes sort of on two occasions here. So yeah, the team that I've kind of put together uh, would be Abano, Walker and Judge in the front row. Then Elliot uh-huh. Stuke and Will Spencer uh, in, in the second row. Then Tom Ellis, Josh Bayliss and Zach Mercer in the back row. Then Ben, uh, ben Green, no, he's a cricketer. Uh, Max uh, Green. Max Green, um, Josh Matavesi, I guess, as the halfbacks. Redpath and Wright or Clark in the centre, and then Hamer Webb, Darren Atkins, and Tom De Glanville as the back three. So that would be making what's that? That would be making thirteen changes, uh, fourteen changes from from the weekend. Only Redpath keeping his place, who obviously didn't start in the first weekend. So I can see that being the team. Um, the only kind of question I would have with that and kind of a question moving forward for you, Tom, is is who's going to kind of kick sticks if we don't have either Spencer, uh, Ben Spencer or uh, Priestland on the field? Is Matavesi going to be getting the agricultural left boot off the tee? Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. I think, I think there's, 
you know, it would be um, it would be foolish if they did that. You know, they when you've got two players um, in your in kind of one um, of these sets of teams that can kick goals, so Ben Spencer and Reese Priestland. Um, you know, there's no way, in my view, that they they will um, uh, they'll play them together. I think they'll they'll spread them out. So I think we will either see um, uh, Spencer and either Matavesi or De Glanville or, or someone like Orlando Bailey, um, and then we will see the different pairing of Max Green um, or Chudley with Reese Priestland, um, just so that you do have a kicker. Because I think it, you know it's a lot to to put that on on Josh Matavesi's shoulders. Um, and you know it would be really interesting if we'd scored a try at the end of that Leicester Tigers game because we would have seen what the what mm. the plan had been. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm not aware of him ever having kicked previously in the Premiership. Um, he may have done for um, for Fiji. Um, wasn't there the, the scrum half though who played for Newcastle? He was Fijian, wasn't he? No, so I don't, not him. sure. Yeah, huh? the calves. Yeah, Takalua. So I'm not sure he would. have... I'm not sure he would have ever potentially kicked for Fiji as well. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we'll probably see slightly fewer changes than that, G. I think the pack there looks looks really strong. Um, and I think it makes sense to to give those guys a rest, obviously, with it being more more physically demanding. Um, but I think we'll potentially see a little bit more experience in in the back line. So maybe, as I say, either Spencer um, and or... Uh, Spencer or Priestland, sorry. Um, and then potentially um, whether McConaughey comes in um, or, you know, Watson stays in. I, I don't have any particular rhyme or reason for, um, for for picking a particular player, but I think potentially it'll be one of the more experienced guys, maybe if it's Watson at fullback, mm. um, who will kind of act as a bit of a talisman um, for what will be a younger team and for what will be players that are um, coming in and haven't actually played for Bath. So thinking of um, Will Spencer in second row, for example, um, Cam Redpath, obviously, and uh, with only one start. Um, yeah. yeah, and Watson did go off. That's where I'd settle on it. Watson did go off early in the Leicester game, so maybe that was hinting at the fact that he might start and act as the the tallies manager. So nicely put it, Tom. Uh, yeah, it'd be fascinating to to kind of see what they do, and it would have been fascinating, as you say. We they, there must be a place kicker um, in the squad that isn't Spencer or Priestland, because you say both were off at the end of the the Leicester game. So whether that's Redpath or De Glanville or it's Matavesi. It's going, to be, it's going to be really interesting to see. And, and, and I think they are going to go with Matavesi at 10. I personally would, would probably rather than, rather than give Orlando Bailey a go. We've seen that that can have success with, with Marcus Smith, with, with Joe Simmons, with, you know, before that, Danny Cipriani, George Ford and, and Owen Farrell. All of these guys that were around Orlando Bailey's age when, when, when they made their, their, their premiership debut. So I would like to see him given a go, but I think they're certainly uh, erring on the side of caution and looking more towards Matavesi. Um, fascinating to see kind of how, how uh, we go. And, and just quickly from a Northampton Saints point of view. Uh, Chris Boyd said that none of the players who started uh, their weekend win over London Irish will be starting against Bath. So that's the likes of George Furbank, Rory Hutchinson, Grayson, Ezekwe and Ludlam all started that game. So don't expect any of them to start. Uh, Courtney Laws didn't start, so I can imagine him playing a prominent role. Um, but yeah, really interesting to see how we go. And it's a really important game, Tom, lest we forget, because we're level on points with, with Northampton Saints, both on 40. And, 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 and it's a real bum fight for that 
fourth, third position. So if we can get a win against them, if if and if it's with kind of a, a weakened sign, I think that would be a real feather in Bath's cap. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure if it will be be a weakened side. I think looking at their first two um, selections that that they made, they have um, you know spread out. I think their um, their kind of um, I guess strike players. Um, so you mentioned obviously the team against London Irish missing Courtney Laws, um, but they're also missing Dan Bigger, um, Piers Francis, uh, Tamana Harrison. Um, so uh, you know a number of experienced players who played in the first game against Wasps did not play against London Irish, so got rested. I think with a view obviously coming back um, for this for this Bath game and into this kind of um, more intense period of fixtures. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be a decent Northampton Saints side and they'll obviously have their, their kind of um, internationals, uh, you know, their top internationals, I think, fielded on the day. So it's, um, it, you know, it's going to be a, a very tight game. Um, I think they, uh, under Chris Boyd, um, have, as we know, brought in a lot of young players, adopted much more of a, um, uh, of kind of a, a, a back-oriented and, and fast game. Um, and I think if the one the one doubt I have about this um, this Bath style of play and this um, this this Bath team is how will they deal with it when a team um, really tries to run them round? How will they go um, you know down the track? Well, we have got a, um, a a big pack. If we're starting a back row of of Tom Ellis, Josh Bayliss, um, how will we um, respond to? Um, a team that that wants to kind of tire us out um, in the early stages and kind of run those those forwards ragged. Um, I think it's going to be really really interesting. Um, and if we can assert our dominance early doors, I think we will have um, the, the the edge at set piece and and at mall time. Um, but obviously, if they can, um, uh, uh, you know, if, if they can get a couple of tries early doors, if we don't start um, uh, if we don't start fast as we haven't in the last two fixtures. Uh, it won't be six nil. It will be fourteen nil or or twenty one nil. So um, the start's going to be crucial. Uh, fitness is going to be really important on the day. Um, I think. Um, but yeah, huge excited for 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 Wednesday night rugby. Jay. Mm. I can see it being quite a sloppy game, and I kind of have a vision of Dan Bigger controlling the game from fly half, and and Josh Matavesi maybe not being able to to get us out of our own half. Yeah, and that that like that match that matchup makes me think even more that they will go for um, Preston again, and then mm. kind of uh, kick that can down the road for Wasps. Yeah, maybe. Well, it'll be fascinating to see selection, fascinating to see midweek rugby, um, and fascinating for the listeners to have a, another midweek podcast from us, Tom. The next time you will hear from us, it will be uh, either on Wednesday night or on Thursday morning. We're going to do a, an immediate reaction podcast to the Northampton Saints game. Um, so expect that in your feeds either late uh, Wednesday or early Thursday um, with all of our, um, our immediate reaction to, to hopefully a another blue black and white victory but all you need to do don't worry about when we when i get round to getting it up there just hit subscribe in your feeds and it will be delivered straight into your device follow us on twitter uh, across uh, social media at bath rugby plug get in touch with us with all your thoughts you know it's an absolute festival of rugby so share the podcast around with your friends um, and, and get behind the boys in blue, black and white. Tom, thank you very much for joining me. I'll see you on yes. Wednesday night, mate. Uh, look, looking Bye. forward to it. A lot of rugby, but it means I have to um, uh, look at your ugly mug over Zoom even more, I guess. <laughs> Can't wait for it. Um, stick behind the boys uh, through thick and thin, as we always do, and enjoy the rugby.